Welcome to Earth Reflections, a podcast by the Network of African Women Environmentalists, NAWE. Your hosts are Michael Onyango and Dr. Sheila Uchiguji. So excited today because it's all about Africa's youth. Just a bit of background. Did you know that 60% of the continent's population is actually under the age of 25? Mm -hmm. And so for today's program, we have an urban warrior with us who is under 25. And we also have our Nawe members. And as always, I will go around the room and introduce or ask everybody to introduce themselves. Starting off with my name, Michael Onyango, and straight away I will go to my left. Great, my name is Mosonda Mumba and I'm the director of the Rome Center for Sustainable Development with UNDP and also a co-founder of Nawe. Yes, it's important to say that. Great, and my name is Elizabeth Patuti, an environmentalist and a climate activist and the founder of Green Generation Initiative currently heading campaigns at Wangari Maathai Foundation and coordinating Daima, a coalition for green spaces protection. You're doing a lot of things. <laughs> and also a Nawe landscape. Oh, yes. Oh. She's one of our, our landscape guardians. When you find the time to do all those things, we'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Hi, I'm Sheila Chugwaju. I'm a program advisor for Nawe and... Uh, part of the team that is trying to raise the influence of these young environmentalists. Okay. So, yeah. so Sheila, I'm going to go straight back to you first. So again, for the young people who may have never listened to this podcast before, what is a landscape guardian? Aha. So uh, now we're as part of our campaign of raising youth voices across the continent, we have chosen five young people who are already well known as environmental activists in different spheres, and we've given them a title of landscape guardians. And, and each of them has adopted a particular landscape that they're passionate about. And through their example, which we, we share on social media and blogs, etc., we're hoping it inspires other young people to also think about adopting a landscape during this uh, decade, UN decade of, on ecosystems restoration. And, and Masanda, just before we go to our main guest today, so mm. what is Nawe? Because there's a lot of people who this is the first time they listen to this podcast. Mm. Just tell us a little bit about Nawe and what it is. Great. Um, Nawe basically is a network of African women environmentalists. And as you know, you know, uh, not sure so long ago, we even interviewed a young man who is also a landscape guardian. So it's really bringing, you know, women and youth voices across the African continent to really uh, talk about their issues and environmental issues, because really environment is the basis of our existence. We know that we're very much intimately and, and, and connected to nature and how this natural environment supports, supports us either economically. Um, it's been supportive, you know, of our very much of social systems and also our environmental and human well-being. So how do we bring convergence around all of this? And so in this decade, Nawe is gonna be looking at how we can contribute to the decade of ecosystem restoration by really conserving, but also restoring the very spaces where we live. Okay, urban warrior, Elizabeth, (laughs) over to you. So take us back to your childhood first and how this all began, where it began, and you know, and so that other young people listening to you can possibly be inspired and follow in your footsteps. 
But I think it's always interesting when I talk about how I got into environmental conservation and how I got to be interested in matters pertaining our planet. And it's because I grew up in the most forested region in Kenya, that's in the central highlands of Kenya, and in specific Nyeri County. Where is that? Where is that? Really? That's okay. Yes, and yes. it's also the birthplace to the late Professor Angare Mathai, uh -huh. who also happens to be one of my greatest source of inspiration. So for me as a child, I think my memories were the trees, the bushes, the clean streams, and I think I mentioned at some point that I would even drink from these clean streams when I was a child. And and, and that same stream, this, there's another interesting fact about it that people don't know. Tell us, tell yeah, us. Yeah, so us. the stream is called Gura River, and yeah. you can possibly search on the internet. Yeah. And this happens to be the fastest river in Africa. But mm, they will not wow. tell you this in the history books. They will not tell you this <laughs> when they are marketing the tourist attraction sites. So I think I love this stream for that. And one of the things I loved about it is the fact that I could go sit at the banks and, you know, drink from this stream. So these things are the ones that really give me this love for nature. And I think in the process of having that love for nature, I would learn from nature, understand nature. And in the same process, I think I began to also feel angered seeing different things happening to nature. And I think that's what happens when you love something and when you see anything wrong happening to that thing mm -hmm. that you love and mm -hmm. hold dearly to your heart, then you feel angered. But I think for me, it did not stop at the anger. At the end of the day, I still got a hunger to want to do something about what I was seeing happening to my environment. And that exactly explains why I now began to get involved in finding solutions to conservation and finding solutions to address the challenges that were facing my landscapes. Okay, yeah. so Musonda, is this a common thing to have young people as Elizabeth working around various um, green spaces, for lack of a better way to put it, mm -hmm. um, not just maybe in Kenya but across your network? Absolutely. You know what I've noticed, to be honest with you, uh, because I work for a multilateral institution, be it in these big meetings like, you know, the climate, you know, um, the climate uh, meetings or the climate conference of the parties, I have realized how many youth voices are at the table. And so, so many young people from around the world are coming to the table and challenging the older generation to say, look, something is not right. Something is not right. And so um, coming back to Africa, you know, seeing Elizabeth or Vanessa Nakate or Ola Dusu or Alan Otaro, these young people are just going, going. And even with such limited resources mm -hmm. and capacity, and this is where now it comes in mm -hmm. to say, how can we support you? How can we amplify your voice? Yeah. She, she mentioned um, water and streams. A, yes. lot, a lot of times we've had, in a lot of programs and the podcasts we've had, we've been speaking a lot about the, you know, um, about trees, but today the aspect of water has come and initially mm -hmm. more light than that. Yeah, it's right. One of our, our first podcasts, um, we talked about Nairobi River. And I remember a quote from Professor Bettina Nguena where she said, water is the one thing that connects us all. It brings all its benefits and all our problems. So it'll carry all the problems upstream, downstream, and it'll carry all the benefits upstream, downstream as well. So water connects us all in so many ways. And it's also, it could also become a great resource. So I was so interested to hear about this river in Nyeri being the fastest in Africa, which I, I didn't know. But didn't also know knowing it's a, it's a source yeah. of energy. Right. So in terms of water giving us new solutions to our energy problem, and it, and it is providing local geothermal um, solutions. So... Um, yeah, water is our great connector, and water, the, 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 we're now hearing people say, is the new gold. Access to water, access to clean water. 
um, is going to be something we pay attention to much more in the future. Okay. Elizabeth, back to you. So you're called an urban warrior. Why do you have that title? And what is it that um, you're doing within the urban spaces that makes you a warrior? I think the reason why I'm called an urban warrior is because despite having grown up in this most forested county, I believe that everyone else can also, you know, have the same love for nature and the same connection wherever they are, you know, in, in, the, in the cities. And I also believe that we can bring nature into other places that do not have that green aspect. Okay, so interesting. So you say you can bring nature into other spaces. I know that you've done 30,000 trees. Tell us a bit about that and exactly how you're possibly bringing nature into other places uh, within, the, the urban, uh, within the urban settings. Great. So we focus on first identifying schools that do not have the green aspect. You go to schools and they don't have grass. They don't have even a single tree that kids can find, you know, shelter under. And of course, it's really sad even for the kind of environment that they study in. And at the same time, it's really sad, you know, even when it comes to explaining to them what really environment means or what trees mean or what nature means. So we have to bring nature to them. So we do this by greening their schools and beautifying their schools. And I'll just highlight uh, one well, of... Oh, great. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> okay. because, because what that means, therefore, is that um, you're helping Mag Magoha. Um, yeah. you know, our, our CS for <laughs> Education has said that trees are very good for people to study under. <laughs> yeah, we're not going back to <laughs> that. <laughs> trees are good for many more better things yes. than that. Yeah, I mean, they're good for many other things. I mean, it's not really the bit on studying under the trees for yes. COVID measures, but, you know, even being in that environment that is really conducive for them, it's good for them to even understand in class. And at the same time, we are really also helping increase the country's forest cover, which leaves, it's, it's still below 10%. And 10% is a recommended standard for every country to have at the end of the day. So if every institution is not green, then I don't think we'll be making a progress when it comes to increasing the forest cover. So that's the whole idea about greening the schools. And we don't just do this, the trees, we also do flowers because we want to bring the beauty around the place we want to bring nature close to them and we don't do it ourselves we involve the children because at the end of the day it's about them growing understanding what nature is and i planted my first tree when i was seven years old and nice. i think that is something that made me have you know this this strong love and connection for nature and like i'm trying to you know to to show that connection that when you have that love you will fight for nature mm. i think when you hold anything dearly to your heart you will not watch it get down to the drain you will step up and do whatever it takes to save it mm. and that's the same energy that we're trying to do with the children by doing it practically not just telling them hey mm. you need to love the environment no mm. we teach them practically and we help them bring nature close to them so so i went uh, i went with um with elizabeth and we planted the trees and oh my god the excitement the joy the children couldn't wait to just plant these trees and dig it up you know and and it took me back to my childhood because I, I had forgotten because, you know, I, 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 grew, I grew up in Nigeria until I was nine. Then I lived in London. So I went from a very rural primary school where we did plant our own trees and all of that and to to an urban space. But all of a sudden I remembered what it was like to be in an in, in, in that in, in a school and how you'd be afraid to go to toilet because the latrines were just an awful place mm. you know just that back end was forgotten so what she was doing was is, what she ha is doing is not just planting the trees and reviving them but also reclaiming the school environment because these the spaces are usually at the back of the school where it's just horrible and there's lots of waste but the minute you you plant a tree there then the children care for that space mm. more and then the whole space mm. of the school opens up 
absolutely wonderful work she's been doing. So a lot of people your age, and I really want you to speak to your, you know, people your age and especially yeah. um, young women. Why is it important that they, and by extension, we need to be involved in taking care of the environment? What does this mean? What does not taking care of it um, mean for us in the next couple of years? And what does taking care of it also mean for us in the next couple of years? Mm. I think one thing that I always remind young people is that we are the ones that will have to live longer with the consequences of the world's inaction today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, live longer with the consequences of any wrong action that is happening mm. in the world today. So, and at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of young people that are trying to call on governments to take action and call on their leaders to do something about the mess that's in our planet right now. But I think at the end of the day, we also need to be part of the solution. We also need to take some actions in our communities around us and see what it is that we can contribute. You know, just like this, the hummingbird story that Prof. Wangari Mathai always said. And I think she always also espoused on the power of one person that each one of us can make a difference, but collectively, we are going to be a force. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the kind of energy we need to begin seeing in you know, all the young women out there, the young people, because it's our future that's at stake. And right now with the current trends in the world, it shows that the world is almost not livable. And if we don't have a livable world right now, then there's going to be no safe future for us. But we all want to have a safe future. Nobody wants to live in a messed up planet. No. So we have to step up and be the change. And I think I'll give a good example. Every time I visit Karura Forest and Uhuru Park, I am so excited. and. It reminds me and, and makes me understand why Prof. Wangari Mathai was fighting for the things that she was fighting for. When I was a child, I could not possibly understand why she was doing the things she was doing. It's not her land, but she was fighting. But now when I go there, my generation can enjoy these spaces. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same thing we should do to give back to all generations to come and be mindful about how we live this planet. And any tree that you're sheltering under right now, anything that you can enjoy, you should appreciate the person that put it there yeah. and then give back to the next generations by putting something even more better for them to enjoy. And I think we really should be concerned about the kind of planet we want to live in as young people. So I just wanted to make the point that uh, Professor Wangari Mathai is the ancestral patron of Nawe in many ways. Because yes. when uh, Musonda began to think about forming a network many, many years before it finally came into mm -hmm. being. Um, it was through the inspiration of um, the example of Prof, but also of her daughter, who's a good friend of, and part of our network. And, and, but she's an inspiration, of course, in everything environment, but she's also an inspiration of sisterhood. And mm -hmm. I, I wondered if you could talk about absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. So for me, what was amazing was reaching out to my network of sisterhood and just saying, Ladies, what do you think? This is this is something that's been cooking in my head, and I I really just want to put uh, you know thoughts to paper. And um, we sat down. I love to cook. Um, you know, some a few friends flew in. We you know when we could travel in a pre-COVID world, um, put some thoughts together, and and it's been amazing this journey of making sure consolidating this. But also for me, my my biggest thought was. We need to make sure that we also bring a younger generation yeah. on board to take over. And they also bring another younger generation yeah. because there's an element of continuity. And I think that for me was the vision of Professor Wangari Madai. And I'm so deeply grateful. Um, and, and as her spirit hovers over what we do, yeah. she's really present in the work that she's left behind, that she left behind even as she passed away. 
And so for me, it's that, that sheer force of sisterhood, the power, and not even language barriers or political boundaries yeah. or let alone um, even COVID has stopped us. You yeah. know, we're connecting through these podcasts, through different other connections. And I think this for me is the beauty of this, you know, the bonds that keep us stronger and, and healthier together. So back again to you, Elizabeth. So young people who live within um, urban spaces, what can you practically ask them to do today so that they're being guardians by extension of using the landscape urban garden? One thing I think young people that are living in the urban spaces need to be the voices of their urban spaces because the urban spaces right now are really threatened by so many challenges that we are seeing from degradation to development. So, so I want to when you say voices, I want you to give them a specific ask because they're listening to you. So what is it <laughs> that you want them to do? So tell them, you know, I want you to do whatever it is so that they can actually go out there and have something to model. Yes. Alright, so the first thing is I would want every young person that is living in the urban areas to number one speak up against any form of action or development that may be a threat to any green space around and the other thing is for these young people to also speak for equality when it comes to green spaces access because everyone needs a green space around them and the few green spaces we have left right now we are seeing either trees being felled for development or we are seeing a lot of mess in our parks and everything so these young people can be the voices for these spaces because the spaces do not have voices but they are there to help us you know have a better life so it's up to us to speak up for this Spaces. And the other thing, we can also contribute to greening our spaces and revitalizing our spaces, making them more beautiful. There are so many heaps, you know, places that look like uh, landfills that are not supposed to be landfills, mm. places that look like... I don't know some uh, you know I, I can I can see that that what I'm yeah, trying to explain but the rubbish yes. and all that thing but mm. it's so annoying sometimes you get to the cities and you find a place yeah. that's supposed to be a beautiful street but all you can see is you know heaps of garbage everywhere but we can really transform our cities to make yeah. them clean green beautiful and with more green spaces because at the end of the day we need this to survive so I think every young person out there can really help in this and even contributing to greening the urban schools as well. It's not just schools that are in the places where we have space for planting trees that we need to focus on. We also need to come to schools that do not even have places where they can plant trees. They can plant flowers even on yeah. their walls, in their classrooms. We need them to understand about the environment. So it's all about finding those small key actions that connect us all together back to nature and then implementing them and not waiting for anyone to come and help us because nobody's going to come and help us at the end of the day. Thank you very much. So I'll just add one, one more thing on that. So young people who are listening, own your garbage and own your litter. <laughs> <laughs> You make the mess, you clear the yes, mess. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so, so I'm just going to go around the table um, to wrap up our podcast for today. And I'll start off with um, Sandra first. Um, any closing words? I just want to say, really, I'm so deeply grateful to Elizabeth and, and also just really for being a champion. Even as we've navigated this COVID world, I've seen how she's actively, you know, talked about her work and also challenged and encouraged a lot of other young people so i think for me it's the fact that people people see by example they see that you are the example and and even within an environment that where we're challenged in a city because the you know covid 19 obviously is in our presence but you're still doing something to make that change so that's great and bravo and well done, <laughs> well well done. 
Uh, I just want to encourage everybody to visit the Nawe website to be part of our campaign to adopt a landscape so that we can start a movement. Uh, adopt a landscape, become a member. If you have something to contribute, some kind of expertise, expertise join our expert roster. Uh, let's 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 move this along. We're called the Network of African Women Environmentalists. We're a resource for the world. Great. And finally, Elizabeth, what are your parting shots? I think let us all be proactive in terms of how we focus on environmental challenges and not reactive. When we are angered by the challenges around us, we should step up and have that hunger to want to do something about those challenges and then step up and actually do it. Because in the words of the late Professor Angare Mathai, she said that those of us who understand, who feel strongly, must not tire. We must not give up because the burden is on us who know. Those who don't know are at peace. So it is us who know that are caused to take action. So if we don't do it, then no one else will. Thank you. Thank you very much. So just 60% of the African population who are under the age of 25, this podcast is dedicated to you. Yes. Um, go below and you can find some more information, how to reach Elizabeth and how to reach other young people as yourselves. So this is your world, this is your continent, this is your future, and today also belongs to you. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Hallelujah. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by the Network of African Women Environmentalists, NAWE. Join us every Friday for more moments of reflection about our changing landscape and how you can contribute to restoring our earth. For more information, check our website, Nawe.group and the show notes. Thank you and see you next time.